The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, and I'm coming at you today, day of recording that is, from the Jersey Shore, my stopover point on my drive to Maine, where I will be all next week, which means on the day the episode drops, I will probably, I will definitely be in Maine, not saying that you might listen to the episode while I'm in Maine, but if you are a regular Listen as soon as it's live. I'm in Maine, probably having a lobster roll, or maybe I'm on to the blueberry ice cream. But first, today's guests. Joining me to recap the climate portion of the GOP debate are our executive director, Bob Inglis, and our OG man of all things, Alex Bosmoski, who is from Milwaukee and was there for the action. So hang tight, listeners. Our conversation about climate's appearance at the GOP debate is coming up next. Welcome back, listeners. As promised, I'm in conversation with two of my favorite people, our executive director, Bob Inglis, back on the show and also back on the show, my brother from another mother, Alex Bosmoski. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Great to be with you, Chelsea. Always wonderful. I called you gentlemen. That feels so formal and awkward because we don't have that kind of rapport. But anyway, you're here. And as I promised our listeners, we are going to unpack the climate portion of the GOP debate on Wednesday, which was in Alex's hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Alex, just give us the vibe. What was Milwaukee like in the lead up to the debate? What was the hottest day of the year? Oh my God. (laughs) So all these folks coming in from Dallas and everything got to feel right at home. It's been a really pleasant summer and it was super hot at the debate. Turned up the heat for them? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had never been to a to a primary debate before the energy was pretty significantly different from like a, from like a national convention mm-hmm. where everyone is sort of wearing the same Jersey. You had a lot of people wearing, you know, different jerseys at yeah. the at the primary debate, which was, which was pretty fascinating. I do want to express my profound disappointment with the Milwaukee journal Sentinel for running a cover story the morning after the debate that had a f- above the fold large picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene under the header of like Republicans face off in first debate in Milwaukee. And I just, I kind of want to save it as like a museum exhibition in the biased practice of nut picking. Like what on earth is a good reason to put Marjorie Taylor Greene on the front of the Milwaukee paper on a story about the candidates debating in Milwaukee. Right. She was not on the stage. (laughs) No, it was ridiculous. She was just outside with like some rabble rousers. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. Life is is a stage for her. (laughs) It was a really great time. I, you know, I, I felt really lucky that um, I got to go with my dad um, who, you know, got me into politics in the first place, I think. And uh, we think a little differently on some stuff, but but very, 
very much are aligned uh, on on the important things and it was pretty cool to to do do the debate with him so i feel like since you brought up um your criticism of the the media that kind of pivoting to the climate conversation that happened at the debate my first reaction was why did they ask that stupid question do you believe in human caused climate change like I thought we eradicated the word believe when it comes to climate change, because, you know, Catherine Hayhoe likes to say whether or not you believe in gravity, you're going to fall off the cliff. Right. Like, aren't we past believe? I really felt like that was the wrong setup and the wrong question to ask. Yeah, it's not my favorite frame for asking the question about, you know, can we solve it or, you know, how concerned are you? But if you do have to get if you're if your job and Brett Baird, you know, and um Martha McCallum did, I think, a, a, a good job. If your job is to elicit um, responses from all of the candidates and you don't have time to go through mm-hmm. and try to probe everyone on you know, their nuanced position, then it, it's not a bad shortcut. Like, I, I don't love the, the verb believe in the context, but like the yeah. it's not a bad shortcut. And it didn't work. <laughs> it, it didn't work, which was which was unfortunate. However, let's just like I think we should start with the hope and the optimism and, and the, you know, uh, there's steps forward and steps back and we saw both in the debate, but it was like the second or third, it was the second question, I think. Mm-hmm. So there was one audience question. Fox News featured one audience question. That audience question from Alex Diaz representing the Young America's Foundation, but who, and who is also a activist for the American Conservation Coalition. That one question was explicitly about climate change and it wasn't oblique it wasn't you know couched in a bunch of uh terms like clean energy and and it was was direct direct. exactly it was a direct act like conservative rock ribbed conservative activist question about climate change yeah and it was featured and it was unique and 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 the only one i mean and nikki haley gave a pretty excellent answer i don't know why i thought the governor DeSantis would have given a better answer. Yeah, and... I was disappointed in his answer because I thought as the guy who's presided over um, a, a state that's definitely on the front lines of climate change and a state that has done taken some measures, I was expecting a little more of him. But she had my favorite response. I thought it was just missing the connection to the policy that we all know and love which would bring China and India and Russia and all the heavy polluters to the table, which is a price on carbon with a carbon border adjustment. So she didn't connect the dots, but she did bring up a valuable point, I thought. Yeah, I agree, 100%. She, but she did, and I was sitting next to a a reporter, um, a conservative media reporter, and the way that she answered did did certainly, uh, certainly was consistent with the, with, you know, how you, how you would talk about a carbon border adjustment, um, which as we know, is, is got a lot of bipartisan appeal um, and some legs in on Capitol Hill, but yeah, she knocked that out of the park. I I thought, and I, it was, it was such a softball that others could have knocked out of the park and (laughs) Chris Christie (laughs) and they didn't. And, and I I thought that was, that, that was disappointing. Although there was another part of that answer or that question, the back and forth, that kind of warmed my heart, which was the, to borrow a phrase from Jonah Goldberg, the cathedral of asininity that Ramaswamy 
constructed in his ridiculous response was booed thoroughly by the Milwaukee Republican Party audience. And the conservative media coverage that I was like, you know, kind of scrolling through as quickly as I could without losing my attention during the debate said that it like the the headlines were, were, you know, Ramaswamy calls climate a hoax. And then the, the next line, I saw this in a just the news story. Like the next line was the audience that this was responded to by a round of boos from the audience. And certainly in our section, like where I was sitting near a lot of the ACC folks, I mean, that, that wasn't the whole section, but like every, I only heard and made, of course, booze to that ridiculous um, yeah. comment. But just take a step back. Like we have a, it's a Republican debate. The only audience question is from a climate activist from ACC that's affiliated with a bunch of yeah. with, with conservative institutions. And then someone says a silly response and they get booed and someone says a good response and they get cheered. Yeah. And I mean, despite some of the the poor so some of the misinformed answers on on energy throughout the debate, like there is something genuinely positive about that whole well, that whole exchange. Benji Backer, who um, some of our listeners may remember, founded American Conservation Coalition. He stepped back, and it's now being run by um, Danielle Butcher Fonts, who was on the show a couple episodes ago. But his response was basically what you just said, and I'm going to just read it for our listeners who have not seen it that we didn't get an immediate hand raise to the question, right? Raise your hand if you believe that humans cause climate change, that we didn't get an immediate hand raise speaks to how much work we have left to do. Young people will never vote for a candidate that doesn't believe in climate change. We're not going away. We're normalizing this as a part of the Republican conversation. Republicans deserve to lose. I thought this was bold. If they are climate deniers and don't have a plan. Yay, Benji. Yeah, you know, what? I, it really struck me that in that moment, what happened is the future, represented by Alex Diaz, called to the present, and the present froze in fear. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing thing to see. They could not raise their hands. They, they didn't know how to respond. And it really was the future calling to the present. And so, but there is much to be celebrated. As Alex, you were just saying, you know, we do great on a curve at republician.org. So you said that there's headed out of the park. Well, I guess it's sort of little league uh, fence, I guess, on that. But, but uh, you know, we, we, we do great on a curve and we do bring the fence right on into sort of like where, where the pitcher's mound is. But um, so we're very glad for anything that sounds like acceptance. And, uh, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's another thing to be celebrated is that, that Fox News decided to put that question way up high and the moderators ask it. Mm-hmm. That's really something to be celebrated, I think. And I think it it does represent some movement. And I'm very excited, like you say, Alex, to see some conservative media saying, wow, got booed, did you, uh, Vivek, for saying that it's a hoax? Well, maybe that's getting behind us. So, uh, yeah, we're grading on a curve, but, uh, you know, that's what we do. Well, you know, I, um, as you both know, have been taking a little deep dive into uh, climate history of climate politics history. And what's interesting is that I don't think that McCain and and Bush ever got to the point where they were debating each other in 2000, but definitely climate change came up in the 2000 debate between Bush and Gore. And that was when Bush made his promise, right? He was going to reduce um, carbon emissions. 
and eventually kind of pulled back on that promise. But not even him, if you even go farther back, his father, when he was running for the nomination, said, you know, if you um, if you're worried about the greenhouse effect, which is what they called climate change in those days, you haven't seen the White House effect. Right. He was like ready to take it on um, and did kind of laid the groundwork for all the international work that that happens. So I don't know, it sort of felt a little bit like we've come back because also 2008 McCain was running and, you know, Obama had a, you know, it wasn't so much of a debate then. They were just, they talked about solutions. They came from a different position on solutions, but actually they agreed on a lot, right? They agreed on nuclear. They And, uh, and then Romney in 2012 obviously walked a little bit away from his climate record, but as governor of Massachusetts presided over the first statewide global warming bill that was ever enacted. So we had all this like build up, and then we had a few years where we went. And so it feels like if you're looking at the graph, right, that we're kind of going back on the upswing. So that feels good. I think that's the promise. Yeah, oh, and- we're we're definitely on the upswing. I mean, we're definitely, Bobby. You, you, I'm just thinking back to all those governors that were climate leaders in the in the aughts, and then spun around and run the ran the other direction during a, like the tea party moment uh, moment but we're, we are we are on the and a big part of that is that the eco right is a thing now and it, it wasn't a thing with when our man bob inglis was uh was was leading on climate there there was no one laying down cover fire as he charged that hill and uh there is now you know a robust and profoundly underfunded but you know ecosystem of conservative like nonprofits and civil society and leaders and media personalities that are authentically, you know, devoted to moving um, the country forward on, on genuine climate solutions. And I think that that makes a difference. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the, the politicians that are giving the solutions oriented answers and dropping solutions oriented pieces of legislation and engaging in constructive dialogue with Democrats on climate, like they are, definitely following or you know and being informed by and being helped out by uh eco right folks like our friends and uh we're energy optimists and climate realists stand with us at republicen.org now back to this week's episode what they're really facing is a declining demographic in the disputers and a rising demographic in Alex Diaz uh, asking the questions, you know, I mean, that's what they're looking at. And if you're a short term horizon person hoping to eke out just one more victory, maybe you got time with that declining demographic. But if you're a longer time horizon person, maybe Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be speaker, presumably for a long time. You see Alex coming, Alex Diaz, and you say, I better get with it on climate. And um, so it's it's why I'm I'm certain that we're going to win. You know, we're going to win on this. Uh, We're going to take action on climate. America is going to lead the world to solutions. The question is whether we 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 get with it soon enough um, to to avoid some of the worst consequences. But um, but you can see that politicians will generally be able to smell out the declining demographic as opposed to the rising demographic. And uh, usually we'll figure a way to get on the uh, rising demographic, the rising tide. 
What I think is really funny too, is just, first of all, the power of this younger um, demographic of eco writers, right? Eco write spans all age groups, but we have this really powerful group of, of eco writers who are under the age of 40. And I think that older people tend to dismiss younger voters. And I saw it with my dad. My dad was like, oh, young people don't vote. I'm like, young people used to not vote. But I tell you, my son, Jack Maxwell, was more excited to turn 18 so that he could vote than he was to turn 21 so he could buy a drink or to turn 16 so he could. He just got his driver's license two weeks ago. (laughs) He's been eligible to get that for six years. So I think that this is a generation that votes and they need a place to go. And as Benji said, they want to vote for climate candidates. That is a top tier issue. And so, yeah, no, I feel like this is really exciting. And to go back to what Alex was saying about just the growth of the eco right, which didn't have a name and didn't exist 10 years ago. I really hope in your Wikipedia page someday, Alex, you get credit for coining the name. And I know I gave you some crap about it. Can we say crap price? Um, about the, uh, having the right in there and whatever and how to spell it. But you know what? I love it now. And we came to a happy place with it. And so many people use it now. And I love reading it in the press, right? When, when it's a story that doesn't have Bob quoted or S in it, even just seeing it in writing always makes me feel a little proud that, that we, our team really got the ball rolling on the use of that term. Well, can I just tell you? The coolest feeling. So my dad and I were like, we wouldn't have been there if uh, if ACC wasn't um, the headline sponsor of the uh, after party, the RNC's after party. And uh, I, I got to say, you know, it's kind of cool to see you see like the logos of the sponsors of the after party. Uh, ACC's is the biggest, you know, API yeah. is there, but it's little. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, Benji was the only speaker. Ryan's Priebus got up at the after party and and gave a talk for like two minutes mm-hmm. and introduce Benji. And you, you look around this, this place overflowing with, you know, Republican activists, probably from all the campaigns, lots of, in, you know, influential conservatives, by the way, at the uh, third street market hall, which is an excellent place in Milwaukee there, they had, they had, you know, there's, I don't know how many, maybe 30 restaurants. It's just a cool place to hang out, bring your kids there. Like Milwaukee is the best city in America and people listening should come and, and uh, consider living here. I mean, it is just it's amazing. I love Milwaukee. It's such a foodie city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right on the lake. Lake Michigan is like this boxer that just punches away the terrible weather. So, like, it's you get the. I mean, you get a little extra snow maybe, but it's a it's a great place. I'm glad people got to see it. Um, I hope they stayed a little bit to enjoy it. But you look around this Third Street Market Hall, and there were TV screens that were saying conservation is conservative, and that were you know Republicans are the original conservationists. And this is everywhere. Then Benji got up and was the only the only speaker. Gave a you know an excellent few minutes, uh, be, you know, before they reopened up the dance floor, and he he delivered the message. You know, the 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 message that ACC has been carrying, but that I mean, it's very much the like the message of the eco right that conservatives have solutions, and we got we have an obligation to offer them to the country and to compete in the marketplace of ideas. And Benji did a great job, but. What a neat feeling. I mean, we were, this is like an institutional Republican event. Yeah. And there's one overarching message. That message was lead on climate. Yeah. Some of those some folks on the debate stage said some stuff that was pretty silly, but like I, I could feel that, like that moment 
I think it matters. Like, I, I think we're, we're on the. It's a the turning right point. It's a turning point. Uh, yeah. I've learned to you maybe use that term slightly less frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> given the, the, uh, the you know, palpable climate antagonism of, of the leadership of a similarly named organization, but, oh, right. um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Well, Alex, I'm really thrilled that you were able to be there and be our eyes and ears and report back. That is just so wonderful to hear the things you were seeing and hearing and, and the energy, right? Like I love feeling that kind of positive energy. And so, um, just glad that the RNC consulted with you and decided to have this first debate in the town you live in and your work mm-hmm. with ACC and trying to raise more funds for eco-right groups, which, as you noted, are terribly underfunded. That is not what what do you call it, Bob? Self relentless oh. self-promotion. Yes, <laughs> maybe a little relentless self-promotion listeners. Uh, the eco-right is terribly underfunded compared to the uh, environmental left. But uh, so glad like that 99 to one. Yeah, like a lot. Like 99 to 1. So look at what that 1% delivers, though. Yeah. Like, just just look at that. And uh, I I mean, I had nothing to do with any of the good stuff or the bad stuff that happened <laughs> at the debate. Yeah, I'm sanguine and, and happy about the good stuff. And I think that, Bob, you know, honestly, this movement that you deserve more credit for than than anyone for kind of getting, getting started is starting to, uh, listeners, we are on on a video. In addition to, and I, and I think I might've just seen Bob, Bob shaking his head. Like he doesn't like that credit, but uh, come on, man. It's yeah, true. He gets it. uh, it's it's really, here's the thing. Success will have many fathers and mothers. And so there will be many, many fathers and mothers of this. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. We, we are going to act on climate change, but, uh, but it is just really neat to see what you're just talking about, that ACC had such American conservation coalition had such a, pivotal role here and that's that's really great and yeah some of the candidates were a little bit disappointing um but uh but uh the the one that was the most full-throated in his rejectionism got a big boo so hey uh, maybe there's a message there Um, and so it's just it's the question is when is this longer time horizon thinking going to take over and overwhelm the short time horizon people. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we're trying to accelerate uh, with work you're doing at Deploy, Alex, and the, to get funding for all of us on the eco-right and what we, Chelsea and I and others are, at Republic Ian are doing to um, try to uh, make the case that, hey, you know what? This is really right up our alley with the, what the country is waiting for. Step forward with a solution. Well, on that note, I think we all better go back to work. It's been so fun to have the band back together for this conversation. But, you know, we've got to roll up our sleeves. We can't rest on that energy. It's been a couple of days, so time to plow forth and continue fighting our good fight. And uh, so I just thank you both for being here and having this conversation with me. And uh, I'm looking forward, Alex, to getting back to Milwaukee. I really enjoyed my one time there, which was many, many years ago. And thought this is a fun town. It's got like a good blue collar vibe, but fun things to do and not super expensive like New York and D.C. and other uh, San Francisco, other big cities. So a lot of fun. I highly, highly recommend 10 out of 10. And the lake in the summer is really impressive. That's a 
I've been there in summertime. It's really eco right retreat. Oh, let's have an eco right retreat. Okay, we're going to Alex's house. Yeah, yeah Alex doing. and Maria want to host us. I know. <laughs> anyway, on. we digress. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon, like next week. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. See ya. Welcome back to the Eco Right Speaks. I'm Price Atkinson, your producer here this week as Chelsea is on vacation, gallivanting, eating lots of lobster around Maine and soaking up a little last minute sun of the summer. She is taking some time off. So you will have me here in this final segment of the Eco Right Speaks. Really enjoyed that uh, firsthand analysis by our man Alexander Bosmoski, our former colleague here at Republican, now at Deploy, uh, and, and our executive director, Congressman Bob Inglis, uh, always loved when they get together. But you know, certainly hearing Alex's firsthand account of what it was like to be in the debate hall there in Milwaukee for that very first uh, Republican presidential primary debate. There were certainly, as most always, many memorable one-liners, exchanges. But as we came for the climate part, and that took center stage quite early there in the debate. So hope you enjoy that analysis conversation uh, and banter back and forth between Chelsea, Alex, and Bob on this episode of the EcoRights Speaks podcast. And for those wondering, yes, Chelsea will be back in the saddle once again next week. Always love when she is here directing this ship as I can get uh, two hands on the wheel and keep us in the right direction until she gets back. But a couple of new members to pass along uh, to you have the, who have decided to stand with us since last week's episode. Mackie S. in Utah, Steve M. in Iowa, Becky B. in Indiana, Don H. in New York, and Quincy A. In Utah, so really appreciate the love, especially there uh, in Utah from Mackie S and Quincy A. As we were, and Bob was honored to speak to the uh, Salt Lake City GOP and Young Republicans last week. So great conversation with those folks. If you have not signed up to stand with us, please, please, we would love to have you on board. We don't spam you. We don't overload you with information. We send you our award-winning weekend review on Friday that Chelsea puts together. We send you some poll questions. And most importantly, it's just a strength in numbers. But you can sign up and stand with us at republican.org forward slash join. We need you. We also need you to tell a friend about the podcast. Let a friend know about the Eco Right Speaks. Hit that share button. Send it to them. Let them, uh, let them have a listen every single week. We're usually keeping it between anywhere from uh, 25, 30 minutes, give or take a few minutes here or there. Uh, but we come to you with a new episode every single Tuesday, unless we tell you otherwise. But we enjoy putting the Eco Right Speaks podcast together for you as we're in season seven. And we will certainly be getting ready for another season next year. But we've got a lot more to do here on the Eco Right Speaks from now until the end of the year. As I mentioned, Chelsea will be back with a lot more next week, interviews, guests, and more. If you haven't uh, given us a review, we'd love to do, have you do that on Apple Podcasts where you can listen to us. You can listen to us on Spreaker. There are many other ways, Spotify's podcast uh, platform, many different ways where you can listen to us also online at republican.org forward slash podcast. But if you're an Apple 
or iPhone user would love for you to pull up Apple Podcasts and uh, hit that five-star review. We'll take three, we'll take four, whatever it is. We'd love for you to leave a comment that, hey, we might even read it here on the show one of these weeks, uh, but it makes it easier fi- for others to find us here on the Eco Right Speaks when you give us that important review, like I said, whatever it may be. But Chelsea will be back next week. And until then, I'm Price Atkinson. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. In the meantime, have a safe and blessed Labor Day weekend. And certainly, if you are anywhere in the path of Hurricane Adalia, we hope that you all stay incredibly safe. And our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in the path, certainly, of Hurricane Adalia. Tis the season. But until next week, we will talk to you then. Have a blessed Labor Day weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.